Good morning, my brothers and sisters. Welcome to episode 66 of Be With Me. We're in the books of Acts, and we're going to meet a fine, fine character today. And he's going to stay with us for many days because this is the longest account in the whole book of Acts. And it starts with a man, uh, a Roman soldier by the name of Cornelius. Let's listen. This is Acts chapter 10. At Caesarea... There was a man named Cornelius, a centurion of what was known as the Italian cohort, a devout man who feared God with all his household, gave gave alms generously to the people, and prayed continually to God. Just great things it says about him. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God come in and say to him, Cornelius, and he stared at him in terror. So he doesn't bow his head. He stares at him in terror and says, what is it, Lord? And he said to him, your prayers and your alms have ascended as a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa, about 30 miles away, and bring one Simon, who's called Peter, He's lodging with one Simon, another Simon, a tanner whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had departed, he called two of his servants and a devout soldier from among those who attended him. And having related everything to them, he sent them to Joppa. All right, let's talk about centurions for a second. Generally in the Bible, they're very well thought of. They get paid about five times more than a regular soldier, so they're people of resources and also of great respect because they lead. They actually work for a living. Centurion's in charge of about 100 men. Six um, of those groups together is called a cohort, so that's somewhere between 600 and 1,000 men. And then 10 of those together is the famous Roman Legion, which is a group of 6,000 to 10,000 Roman soldiers. And uh, here's what you have to know about Romans. Uh, they welcome uh, devout people. They wor- they welcome people that worship various gods. So they conquered, you know, hundreds, I don't know how hundreds of making that up, but many, many cultures. And then they would, what they'd say to the culture basically is, we're thrilled about your gods. You don't have to renege your gods to be part of the Roman Empire. But it all kind of comes down and under the umbrella of a pantheistic uh, worldview of which the our emperor is uh, also a god. So that's the 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 god worldview that the Romans had. But we find this guy is devout, and, and that means that spiritual things are of some priority uh, for him, as is it is. It is for the soldier who's who he sends on this journey. Now you can be devout towards the wrong thing. That's the that's the deal here, and uh, the centurion actually turns out to be the the good guy in the story. Peter of note uh, turns out to be the one with the actual bad theology. The centurion's theology actually is more like incomplete. So let's be humble. Uh, let's worship the God as he is. Uh, he's gone to great lengths to explain who he is. But we find this guy, to the best of his knowledge, kind of, is that he 
fears God, which is the one true God of Israel. Uh, he's not uh, a proselyte. That is, he hasn't been converted and gotten circumcised. I wonder if he's heard about Jesus. And here's the thing that struck me today, is this whole story doesn't happen five minutes after Jesus was resurrected. It's more like five years, could be even longer than that. The point is, is that the early Christian church had bad theology for like five years and didn't welcome the Gentiles. And this is the story of the Gentiles kind of pouring into the uh, uh, into the church and the prophecies about Saul uh, going to the Gentiles and reaping that harvest of the Gentiles. That really hadn't happened just yet. All right, we find this God is God-fearing, and he has influence, his household, his wife, his children, uh, and one, and at least one of his hundred soldiers uh, are also, they also appear to be uh, uh, devout. So he's used his authority and his influence in a good way. He's a guy that I think people would say, he's a guy I'd like to follow because all the people we hear about follow him uh, well. All right, let's talk about money. He gave alms to the people generously. In Philippians 4, it talks about uh, a fragrant offering. And we find uh, that this guy's generosity has been a memorial before to the Lord. That is in verse 31 down the road here. It says that his alms had been remembered. So God sees what we give, what he gave, and God remembers them. So he knows both our giving history and our giving present and what we give to God, or generously or not, is sort of uh, recorded. Even though we give it before men, it's remembered before God. So the question is, if if our giving is a fragrance, what does it smell like? What does your generosity smell like? It's a great question, and this guy passes the smell test, if you will. Okay, he also has a devote. A devout prayer life where he prays continuously, an an ongoing relationship with God, even though he perhaps has an unclear uh, picture of who this God is. Okay, so God sends this this angel and uh, strikes terror in him, but he doesn't like bow his head. He stares at the angel, which I think is an interesting um, uh, detail. All right, so of interest, the Lord tells Cornelius through this angels to go send for uh, Peter. Now, just a few chapters ago, Philip was literally transported from one geography to another in front of the Ethiopian eunuch. So God could have done that. Uh, He also could have sent a message to Peter saying, hey, go down to uh, Caesarea, there's a guy. But no, he wants this guy to have this vision. And I think uh, confirming and affirming, it's like, hey, I see you. I hear your prayers. I see your generosity. So I think there's more that was communicated to this guy. So number one today, are you devout and are you devout about the right things? Number two, God cares and sees and remembers what you do with your money. And if your money is a fragrance, what does it smell like? Number three, there's going to be some bad theology here, but it's these habits of the heart that make Cornelius so respectable. He has priority. He has good authority. He has a good conversation and intimacy with the Lord. And finally, his offerings have a pleasant fragrance. I'll see you tomorrow. We'll hear more about this guy.